This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D I E T Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Just Crack an Egg. Molly, has your relationship felt strained lately? Uh, wait, you mean my relationship with breakfast, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes it just feels like too much work for a weekday. Well, I think you should head over to the egg aisle and pick up Just Crack an Egg. I hear it's a hot, fluffy scramble that's ready in less than two minutes. That's right. So just add a fresh egg over the chopped veggies, shredded cheese, and hearty meat and potatoes, and then stir, microwave, and reignite your love mm. of breakfast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about meal planning. And my cat would really like to get our attention. I I'm, I'm keep thinking your cat's going to jump up in my lap. But she might. But it, it's not happening. Yeah. It'll, it'll happen when you least expect it. Great. Um, this episode was suggested by listener Emily. Mm-hmm. Thank you, listener Emily. Wait, did we say what it, what the topic yes. was? Okay, thanks. Meal planning. Um, I was thinking about the cat. Uh, before we get into that topic, I have an update from listener Mo. Which about, was also my dad's name. Oh, yeah. Hey, listener Mo. About leaks. And we, on the leak episode, we were wondering, like, how do you blanch leeks in the sense of, like, keeping the leaves white while you're growing them? Mm -hmm. Because we know, like, it's got to be kind of underground, but we didn't know what that really looks like out in the fields. Yep. And uh, so listener Mo weighed in. So listener Mo says, it's done the same as potatoes. You use a machine or a hand-drawn plow and push soil onto each row of leeks or potatoes. Not difficult at all. All, apparently. I mean, if you gave me a hand-drawn plow, would I would I know what to do with it? No. But uh, do I know what a hand-drawn plow is? No. 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 But <laughs> if it came down to it, if we if we, it was a life or situ- death situation, I'd figure it out. Yeah, and we had to grow some leaks. We could we could make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no. I mean, I, I can sort of picture it. I can picture yep. it, and I'm glad to know that it's not difficult at all because. Um, because I like leaks. Yeah. And, I don't want to uh, think anybody's like going to too much trouble, though, for my leaks. Okay. Yeah. Which which things do you want people to go to a lot of trouble for? Um, I want people to... What, what about you? Cheese, maybe? Cheese. cheese. That seems very troublesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about... Uh, I want people to go to a lot of trouble to keep my animals happy. 
Okay. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're talking about about meal planning. Yes. And I want to clarify, please, that we are not talking about like any commercial meal planning services or apps. We're not talking about any meal delivery services. We are also not talking about diets. Right. We are just talking about like how do you decide what to cook when? Yep. How do how do you home cooks like us? plan your meals. Yep. So what? how about memory lane? Like when you were growing up, did your parents have a system for planning meals that you know of? Not that I'm aware of, but my mom definitely, well, there were definitely meals that showed up in like the regular rotation. Yes. And I mean, I know I have some of those too, but they feel less, like if you were to ask June, are there meals that I make over and over I don't know if she could come up with more than like one thing. Whereas my mom. What would that one thing be? I think she'd probably say beans and greens. Okay. Like escarole and (laughs) your cat is sniffing my face. Escarole um, braised with chickpeas. Yeah. Or braised with with like white beans. That that sounds like the sort of thing you would make. Yeah. Doesn't it? (laughs) So fucking condescending. <laughs> anyway, um, wait till you see my meals. Anyway, so my my mom, however, her uh, her like regular rotation meals, they didn't show up on any particular schedule, but they were there was meatloaf. Yeah, there was which I loved. There was what she called breakfast for dinner, but it was um, steamed spinach with a fried egg on top and grated sharp cheddar cheese on top of that. Oh, we talked about this before, and I was and yeah. I was like, that is the most elevated breakfast for dinner yeah, I've ever think, heard. Uh, to be honest, um, my mom did a fair amount of dieting when mm-hmm. I was a child, and I think this was something that she got out of some diet she was doing. But anyway, it had lasting. It made a lasting impression because it was delicious. Yeah. So I realized. Uh, now too late that I should have checked with mom of the show, Judy Amster, Mm -hmm. um, about what her meal planning regime was when I was a kid, because I really don't remember. I also remember like uh, there were favorites that that would recur, but I don't know like how they got onto the agenda. Yeah, I I really don't know how they got onto to my mom's agenda. Certainly, you know, Like, we did not live in a place where there were farmer's markets. uh, No, that was more of a Tulsa thing. (laughs) Yes. Um, Matthew, that episode hasn't aired yet. Oh, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there were not farmer's markets in Oklahoma City when I was growing up. I, I have no idea how my mom planned meals when I was a kid. Yeah, we should. uh, (laughs) We should talk to our moms. Yeah, we, we need to call our moms. You want to call your mom? Yeah. Okay. Let's pause. Okay. Okay. I just talked to my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want Do you want to call home also? Um. Uh, no, okay. it's all right. Uh, so uh, my mom reports that basically it's not so much that there was a system, but that uh, she had three picky boys, um, and so the the range of like stuff that she could get away with cooking was pretty limited and so uh there would be a lot of recurrences but also a lot of um uh you know can i push the boundaries with with these jerks just a little bit so did that come down to like how she would plan out each individual night like there was always something that was reliable and something that was maybe going to be boundary pushing yeah i don't think the boundary pushing would come out every meal so she said like uh a couple a couple of things that would happen like on a once a week basis were like chicken with teriyaki sauce and uh pizza okay okay and i remember roast chicken was pretty common too yeah okay thanks thanks uh mom of the show judy amster 
Uh, anyone else we should call? Well, <laughs> Do you want to call a lifeline? The, the phone, yeah, our phone lines are open. <laughs> call hey, now. Matthew, there's a, diff- there's a podcast that I listen to called Mom Rage that has a phone number you can call and leave them a message. Oh, yeah. Should we do that? Well, I don't know how much it costs. Oh, I'm sure we could do it for free or close to it. Uh, it would be interesting to look into, but I don't know what we'd ask What would we people? ask people to call in? Like, is, th- is there some sort of rage that people could experience <laughs> and call us? I don't know. Listeners, let us know. Do you want to be able to call in and, I, I don't know, tell us about your mom of the show? Okay. Maybe maybe we wouldn't even air the calls. Like, it would just be a place for, for people to vent about something. Yeah. I don't know if I could handle that, actually. I don't think so either. I feel too tender just thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. But anyway, uh, I should also add that my memory lane... It also includes my dad. Yeah. My dad did a lot of um, a lot of the nightly cooking on weeknights and on weekends. And I think that my dad would say that he did not meal plan ever. That what he did was he just opened the fridge and like I, I think it was like a fun game for him. Like, oh, like, like a what, stump the chef. Yes, exactly. Like what can I do here? And and then if he was especially proud of what he had produced. He would write it down. So my dad always wore um, like a button up shirt. Okay. And he always had some index cards and a couple of pens in, in, his, in, in, shirt in one pocket? of his shirt pockets. Oh, that is so dad. Isn't that so dad? Yeah. And anyway, he would, um, if he was particularly pleased with what he was cooking, either while he was cooking it or with the results, he would pull out an index card <sighs> and write down what he had done. And he would give it some sort of like dumb name that was like a play on our, like the name of our street or something like that. Like, uh, like burgers Elmhurst. Uh, <laughs> this is just like a free association <laughs> string of words. The street I grew up on was Elmhurst. Burgers. <laughs> anyway, Bergs. A burger on Elmhurst well, Street. I remember in particular he wrote down once Bergs Elmhurst rice pudding. Okay. That's good. Anyway, but, that, but that's, a, that's like the. That's um, like the anti meal planning. That's like the equivalent of a mic drop, I think. Like, yes. you know, nailed it. Right. Drop the index card. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, I love that. Matthew, but do you meal plan? I do. I certainly have never named a thing that I made, I don't think. <laughs> no? I don't think so. Have you? Uh, no. Okay. No. I mean, other than, like, beans and greens. Okay. Which, which, uh, which you, think, you think you coined that <laughs> phrase? I'm the first person <laughs> okay. to ever use that phrase. Yeah, well, I invented spaghetti. Um, so uh, I do meal plan up to a point. Okay. And this is this is something that that I feel a certain amount of stress over and like have sort of had to like come to come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to be good at it in the way I imagine that I should be. What are you talking about? You <laughs> Oh my god, Matthew, you you are um you are the primary cook in your household. Yep. I think I think it's fair to say that wife of the Lo- wife of the Lori, uh-huh. wife of the show Lori, I think would agree. You are the primary cook in your household. You have dinner on the table seven nights a week, pretty much, pretty much, like right at six p.m. and it's delicious and varied and homemade. Um, but, what are you talking about? So, I mean, that first of all, that's a bit of an exaggeration because, like, sometimes I order pizza and, like. Uh, Oh my God, Matthew! I'm gonna backtrack <laughs> okay. on everything yeah. I've just said. So it's not that I that I don't like 
get there eventually. It's that uh, the feeling of like, you know, it's four o'clock and I'm not sure yet what I'm making for dinner really stresses me out. But at the same time, like doing the necessary work to avoid that also stresses me out. Oh, okay. So, but okay. but I think I think like I'm in a in a pretty good place with that. And and here's how it goes. And is and is this it, because of 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 your work in therapy? I mean, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just I was just like, thinking that you are in a good place with your like. You know, you're, you're, you know, I need to, I need to learn to, like, to, to accept some things about myself and not beat myself up about them as much, I, I guess. I, yeah, go on. I'm, I'm really good at beating myself up oh about things. Oh my God, things. me too. Yeah. I am a champ. So here's how it, it basically works at this point. So ideally, like on Saturday or Sunday, usually Sunday, uh, I will sit down and look at the calendar for the week and see, like, are there are there nights that we're going to be out or that, like, someone in the family is going to be out or just I'm going to be out. And is this, um, like, online, like a Google yeah, calendar like a Google or something? Calendar. Okay. And then I collect a pick of the week uh, from wife of the show, Lori, and teenager of the show, Iris. What, what does this involve? G- like, going to where each of them is in the apartment <laughs> and asking, what's your pick of the week? Well, yeah, basically. I mean, or it's a very ask, small apartment, so do you, I usually <laughs> don't have to spend a lot of time rustling them up. Do you ask them to, like, submit it in writing? Um, sometimes. I mean, I don't require that, but sometimes... It will come in the form of a text. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but usually, usually it's an in person, just like uh, you know. Um, so, and sometimes it's before I ask. Like uh, Iris, Iris will say, like you know, uh, pick of the week, homemade dumplings. Okay. Or uh, so that, that's that's one of Iris's favorite picks. Uh, another another favorite of hers lately is Salerno spaghetti, which is uh, like spaghetti with garlic and olive oil and topped with lots of toasted breadcrumbs and okay. a fried egg. Okay. So Lori, some of Lori's favorite picks, uh, spaghetti carbonara is a big one. Okay. Uh, skillet lasagna. Okay. Uh, both of those have come up recently. And are there any, do you put any limits on this? Like, you know, like I, I know that you and Iris once made um, fresh udon, was it? Yes. And like that was extremely labor intensive, uh, tedious, et cetera. Yeah, like, I would, sometimes I will say like if it's if it's an overly ambitious pick, I'll say like I will get to that some upcoming weekend, but it's not going to happen this week. Okay, um, okay. But most of the time, like uh, I can I can squeeze in the, the request. And so that takes care of like two out of the five weeknight dinners. And so then the rest of them are, are, are presumably your picks? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I, I tend to go back to favorites pretty often. And how do you keep track of these things? I'm so glad you asked. So I uh, I always put it on the Google Calendar. Like if you look at my Google oh. Calendar and we can we can take a look. Do you so you do it a week at a time? Oh man. Yes. Oh. I don't I don't always succeed in like getting the whole week on this ahead of time. This is so exciting. We'll post a screenshot of this. How okay. about that? Okay. I'll, I'll like turn off the part of the calendar with like my my personal appointments. Do you like put stars on days when <laughs> I, you have sex? I just realized, <laughs> is there a way to put stars? I don't know. Um, I well, I don't. I only use Google Calendar for um our like family custody schedule. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I keep a, a like a paper calendar, but I, I circle like when I get my period. Sure. And uh, when I was dating, I, I used to keep some sexy notes in there. Cool. Um, okay, so like here's some here's some dinners from the last couple of weeks. Okay. So uh, Frito pie, dumplings. Oh, this was sorry. This was when I was out of town. Um, okay, hash browns, uh, scrambled eggs, and broccoli. Uh, Salerno spaghetti and cucumbers. Curry rice. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Okay. Dominoes. 
Okay, this so, seems great. But I can go back at least like eight years and Are see. Are you kidding? Yeah, this is so cool. Uh, and see like what do we have for dinner and, on and, any night? Okay, so for instance, so we're recording this on a Thursday. Okay, so presumably this coming Sunday you'll be planning next week's meals. Right. And will you, in doing that... Will you consult previous weeks to get ideas? Like where, what, when you sit down with yeah. the blank week on your computer, where are you pulling these ideas from? So generally two sources, what's in the fridge and looking at previous like things I've cooked recently and saying, oh yeah, I forgot I made that and that was good. How often do you, so I'll do something like, um, I, I really will, feel like I'm in the hot seat here and no, I this like is, it. This is really interesting to me. Uh, sometimes I will buy, like I'll buy some uh, polenta in the bulk section at my grocery sure. store and I will have some left over. And then of course it will just sit in my pantry and I will keep looking at it. How often, how often do you, for instance, look at something in your pantry and go, I'm going to use that up this week? Definitely not as often as I should. Sometimes uh, wife of the show, Lori, will go through the freezer and make uh, the meat list which is the uh -huh. uh, list list of uh, meats that I've put in the freezer. I, I'm usually pretty good at labeling and dating them, but then yeah. I forget about them. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, here's, here's like five meats I found in the freezer. You need to cook these soon. Um, and uh, I always make a, a dad joke about how I'll do it on meat list Monday. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but... Uh, and is it just a given that you're going to cook dinner in your house? Yes, and although, it, although uh, teenager of the show Iris did cook dinner last night, is this like going to be a new routine I, thing? God, I hope so. What did she make? Uh, she made like hash with some uh, leftover uh, braised pork and uh, fried eggs on top. That's great. Scallions. And, and to what degree did you have to be like, okay, so you want the heat to be on, on uh, at such a level? I was, I was on call a little bit. Okay, gosh, that's really cool. Yeah. What an achievement! Thanks. Oh, and I, I wanted to add before I forget, like, mother-in-law of the show, Susan, mm -hmm. uh, Lori's mom, has for like all her adult life, as far as I know, like always writes down, not in advance, but just like um, prospectively, no, um, retrospectively, uh, like after dinner, we'll make sure that she writes down on the calendar what they had for dinner. So she has a record like on the written on the I wall calendar. That. I love that. I know that um, probably a lot of our, our listeners are familiar with the, the website Dinner, A Love Story. And, yes. and the books that have come mm -hmm. out of it. Anyway, um, I fear that I'm going to butcher her last name. Jenny, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm gonna, Jenny Rosenstrock? That's, that's what I was going to say, too. Anyway, um, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head whether she writes it down ahead of time or after the fact. But she has had like something like a dozen years worth of meals logged in her, you know, weekly agenda. Now, if I was going to make a sex calendar, I would like, you know, keep penciling it in like uh, like before the fact, just like in a hopeful way. Oh, you would? You would? <laughs> I mean, why not? Uh, you might as well. I mean, aim high mm -hmm. in all things. Um, and, and what your mother-in-law, Susan, does also reminds me of um, something that my mom did, I think, when I was a kid. And 
I think she and my dad frequently cooked and had friends over. I remember that being like a regular way that they socialized. Yeah. And my mom had some sort of like a dedicated book that I think was for a period of time sort of de rigueur for <laughs> new wives to have. Oh. Where you would write down like the menu of your dinner party that you had cooked and you would keep track of it. And you would write down, there were like lines for who like, the guests okay. were and what kind of flowers you had in the centerpiece like this was a thing for a a, like I think my mom this was a bit before her time even but maybe like our grandmothers our grandmothers time right but every night in 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 most of ours it would be like me my child oh you're supposed to use this even on like not special no okay no you would use it only on special I mean not not that it's not not that it's it's not special special to to sit down with your family and enjoy a meal together I mean when you think about it, maybe those are the most special nights of all. Oh, I think I just heard your voice crack a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. I feel like I've gone in my adult life through many different phases yeah. of planning or not planning my meals. Um, I think when I was in grad school, because cooking was like a really nice escape for me, I think I devoted a lot of brain space to planning what I was going to cook like all week I would sort of get through doing my my work by like fantasizing about what I was going to cook that weekend. Oh yeah. I was super cool <laughs> in my early oh, 20s. Yeah. So cool. And if you were a cartoon character, it's like you'd always have like a thought bubble with just like a bowl of soup in it. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. No, I distinctly remember um, with, with my boyfriend in my early 20s spending an entire New Year's Eve making a whole bunch of Indian food, like making paneer from scratch. Oh, that sounds great. And washing like four pounds of spinach leaves to make our own like sock Which paneer. then cooked down into like one and a half <laughs> cups of spinach. <laughs> exactly. Um, making some sort of like black eyed pea masala. I mean, we spent yeah. all day on New Year's Eve doing this. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I have to say that then when, when, um, when Brandon and I got married, because he loved to cook too and if anything he's a better like non-recipe cook than I Mm am we started having just sort of like a lot more like wing it meals like we were pretty devoted about going to the farmer's market and then we would just sort of all week eat off of what we had but in like um, permutations that I think if we had had a kid with us I think we could not have gotten away with like what like for instance um Brandon, I remember when I first met him, really loved uh, like bok choy, like baby bok choy, raw raw bok choy. And he would just like peel it off the off the bulb and like dip it in vinaigrette. We had many, many, many meals that were like some raw vegetable, like just dipped in vinaigrette and then like bread and cheese. Okay, many meals like that for years. Yeah, I like that is that is like appealing to me on kind of an intellectual level. But like whenever I eat like that, I always like then want the real meal afterwards. I honestly I think because like a lot of my like formative adulthood was shaped by that time. I still like for me, I really think an ideal meal is like some sort of like a, a big pile of vegetables and bread and cheese. Yeah, I mean, I like like I could totally go down on that. Yeah, I like the I like the idea for for me. Like an ideal meal is like 
something stir fried and rice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but now I have to say I don't ever meal plan the Mm -hmm. way that you do. I will often I would say that generally I will cook two meals a week. Okay. And the rest of the time we will be eating leftovers of those meals or like um, like some sort of random fallback thing that we can do with whatever's in the house. Like like um, rice cooked in a rice cooker with a fried egg on top and furikake and some avocado. Yeah. Like that's always in the house. And it is what I, w- it's, that's the kind of thing I will make if I am not cooking that night, yeah. so to speak. But in general, really, I mean, and this made it very hard for all the years that I was doing food blogging. I I really don't want to cook more than like two f- like recipes a week. Yeah. I really don't want to. Um I I want to cook a recipe every night pretty much but I want it to be really simple. Hmm. Yeah, I don't even want that much. Yeah, no, I I I hear where you're coming from. Do you like I mean we did a leftover episode I guess, but do you like repurpose leftovers or when you have leftovers no, is it generally I just, just eat the leftovers? Yeah. Okay. Um but what I do want to say is so when I do get fired up about like planning ahead of time, um what I usually do. So if I and like you, I sort of try not to acquire too many cookbooks because I just I don't have the bandwidth for it. But if I get a new cookbook that I'm psyched about, I will go through the cookbook and I will make a list of all the dishes from it that I want to make. Do you do this on an index card? No, I just do it on like a slip of scrap paper. And I will put it up on the fridge. Yeah. And it may take me like a year to even get through half of it. But then I will consult that whenever I'm like, I don't know what I want to make and I don't want rice and egg again or whatever. So I tend to use books in that kind of like really like cookbooks in that really intensive way. Yeah, me too. And then then sort of reap the rewards of doing that over a long and disorganized time period. Yeah. So you you have like a... Uh you know, like a fiery, you know, new romance type of feeling, like exactly. fling with a cookbook. Exactly. And, then, and then when you when it, the initial passion wears off, yeah. you're just like, eh. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the other day, so I had done this with uh, Rachel Roddy's cookbook, um, her first cookbook. My gosh, I'm blanking on the, um, it was called Five Quarters when it was published in in the UK. But anyway. I don't know the book. What's the, what's oh, the so gist? Rachel Roddy is, um, she is British, but she lives in Rome. Is she related to Rowdy Roddy Piper? Don't think so. Anyway, she has, she started out writing a blog and she now writes a regular column for The Guardian. And she writes about Italian home cooking. She's an incredible writer. Is Italian home cooking any good? (laughs) Anyway, I went through her first book like a year ago and made one of those lists. And I think I only have one dish left that I have not made from it that was on my list. But it's taken me like a year. So I've probably made like one dish a month. And inevitably, I can't even remember like about some of them, like what I was excited about in the first place. But I can like trust that I was excited. Oh, this sounds great. And I'll just go back to that recipe and make it because at some point I was really excited about it. This episode is brought to you by Just Crack an Egg. Matthew. Have you been feeling kind of blah about breakfast lately? Well, I mean, I've been feeling like breakfast has been a lot of work and a lot of cleanup, and it's not that's not what I want to think about at like 7 in the morning before school. Well, Matthew, I heard that if you go to the egg aisle at your grocery store, you can pick up this thing called Just Crack an Egg. Oh, yes, I did it. It's a hot, fluffy breakfast scramble that's ready in two minutes. How, how does it work? Okay, so you open the little container... 
and it's got some little baggies of vegetables and meats and potatoes, and you uh, dump them into the bowl, you crack an egg and stir it up, you microwave it for a little bit, you stir it a little more, you microwave it a little more, you stir it up, and it's breakfast. It has no artificial dyes, flavors, or preservatives, and I hear it tastes amazing. Yep, and it's delicious. They uh, The one I tried was the Ultimate Scramble, which was great. There's also the Denver Scramble, the Rustic, and the All-American. Well, don't wait for the weekend to get a little hot, hearty breakfast love into your morning. Ooh, it's time to run <laughs> with your arms wide open to the egg aisle and take <laughs> breakfast back with Just Crack an Egg. This episode is brought to you by Grove. Grove makes it easy to discover the best natural products to take care of your home and your family, and they make sure you never run out of your favorites. Yeah, we got some boxes from Grove, and some of the best things in there, like, I mean, they have some great products of the brands you already buy, like Mrs. Myers and Method and 7th Generation. I Just yesterday, I used the Method toilet bowl cleaner that I got from Grove. Oh, I love that. I love it, too. Yes. But some of my favorite things in the Grove box were Grove's own brand flagship products. Like, they have this great glass spray bottle, like, you know how I love that. Yeah, when you have a plastic spray bottle and it gets like gunky and weird and your plastic is leaching into stuff, not with the Grove glass spray bottle. It is so pretty and satisfying to use. And I should say all these things were delivered right to our door when we wanted it. Free shipping, free returns, no questions asked. And if you have a question, their Grove guides are always available. Sign up for Grove Collaborative at grove.co slash spilled milk and you'll get a $30 Mrs. Myers gift set for free with your order of $20 or more. That's grove.co, not grove.com slash spilled milk. Do people in your family ever make picks? So I was just thinking about this the other day because I have to say last week I had a kind of... I got really fired up. I went to the grocery store. I bought ingredients for three different things that I wanted to make okay. over the course of the week. And two of the three were not very good. They were yeah. all new recipes. Two of the three were not very good. And then I'm sitting there with my family eating these things and, and struggling to not apologize for it. Oh, can we get into this? Can this be but, just like a special after school special kind of episode? About where, when you're like feeling down on the meal that you've made. Yeah. And, okay. So yes. um, we, we are uh, I'm pressing a special button that says we, we are absolved from any responsibility to be funny on this episode. Because this because, is just the sad part. Right. So when when dinner doesn't come out the way it's I was hoping. Distressing. I've been I feeling. I feel like I have like like I'm the biggest fuck up and like I've let my family down and I want to just like go curl up and disappear. Yeah. I mean, last week I, I knew that one of the recipes I had made was not very delicious in part because I couldn't find the correct. I was using a certain type of ground poultry. OK. And I don't want to <laughs> wow. get I don't want to get too. Spe I, okay. I was supposed to be using turkey thighs, ground okay. thighs. I could not find ground turkey thighs. Why did so, you not want to specify that? Is there? Well, um, I don't. Uh, anyway, I don't okay. know. I just I don't want to implicate what book this came from uh, or okay. whatever because I think oh, this recipe yeah, that is turkey thigh book everyone was talking about. <laughs> I think this recipe is probably great. Okay, but I could not find ground turkey thighs. Yeah, and I was not going to grind it myself. Sure. Anyway, and so I knew that this was not going to be as delicious, and it wasn't. It was mm. dry. It was blah. My kid, who loves meat, did not eat it. Yeah. That was distressing. And even though I knew exactly why this had happened, I was still so bummed, and I still have the leftovers sitting in my fridge 10 days later, in part because I feel too guilty to throw them away. Uh-huh. 
but yet none of us are going to eat them. No, I'm, I'm giving you permission to throw away those but anyway, now dangerous leftovers. I know, they're really dangerous now. But anyway, then I did it again. I made this fennel dish that sounded really good. Now, I know how I like to cook fennel. I know how I like to eat fennel. I don't even need a recipe for it. But I saw this fennel recipe. It looked really good. It was quite simple, but it seemed like it was going to be delicious. It was super boring and bland and not nearly as good as what I usually do with fennel. Nobody in my family ate it but me. And I feel really guilty. Yeah, this is this is the worst. Like when I don't trust my intuition about yes, a recipe. Yes. And I'm like, like, you know, I, I knew that didn't seem right. And I followed it anyway. And it and it's not good. And this is my fault. Yes. It, it, that is, I would say, primarily what I feel yeah. when a dish doesn't come out. I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that about the turkey white meat. I knew that. But yeah. I did it anyway. See, I like the I like the pick of the week system. You know, my favorite thing, there are two things about it that I guess are sort of saying the same thing two different ways that I really like, which are first of all, like it fills up like two fifths of the of the weeknight meals yeah. that, that I need to come up with. But also like I love when someone tells me what to do and says, like, if you do this thing, this I'll, specific thing, that will make me happy. And I'm like, oh, that is a thing I can do. And that will make you happy. This is great for everyone. Interesting. I and fe- like, you know, feeding someone exactly what they want you to feed them, like perfect situation. I just never thought about that. I feel like, well, maybe because my kid is young enough that I feel like there are so many things that I do. Like she's still young enough that she's delighted with me as a human being. Yeah. She wants nothing more than just to snuggle me. And so I, I there wasn't like a phase when, when, when she was like three, when, (laughs) I mean, I guess, I guess like, uh, you can like be tantrumy and still like have uh, your parent be your favorite person. Oh yeah. I'm big time. Like I I am a star to June. Good. And anyway, so I feel like I'm never at a loss for ways to, like, make her feel loved or make her happy. Okay, that makes sense. And as for Ash, Ash is, like, so delighted with my cooking in general. She liked that turkey thing that was really dry. (laughs) Frankly, I don't think she cared. Um, But I did notice that she didn't eat the leftovers. Uh But she's not as much of a leftover person as I am anyway. But... I, yeah, I've never thought about it, but I did. This past week, I started thinking, I sh- why am I the one who's always choosing meals? I should ask them what they want. You should. I should. So we see how it goes. I'm like, kind of surprised yeah. it's, I, it's never occurred to me before. I It makes me so happy. I'll really. try like, it. Like, you know, when you said, when you told me exactly what you wanted me to do for your birthday, and, and I was like, I can totally oh my God. do that. And you that, totally delivered. That was that was the greatest. I told Matthew that I wanted him to compile all the recipes of his that, that I love mm-hmm. and that I'm always like asking him about. Even and this though, happened on the air, so some listeners probably remember. Even though all these recipes are available online through various like spilled milk episodes or in Matthew's books, I wanted them all in one place and he did it mm-hmm. and I love it and it was fun anyway so Matthew like when you are going through a cookbook yeah do you ever do this thing like I do where you make a list of all the things you want to make and then maybe you slot it into future meal planning how I do you do. keep track of that stuff so I will like put it on like a, you know like a Google Doc or something mm-hmm. I, I don't keep this well organized usually I kind of know at this point that I'm only going to do that like within a very yes. short there's like a short window for that and it has to be something I'm super excited about mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm not going to I don't have like the dedication to do a whole cookbook the way you did 
like. But well, I, I didn't will, do the whole cookbook. I mean, I you, did probably to, to do, 10 recipes okay. from it. Like, um, I, I can do probably three. Okay. Okay. Um, so, like, if there's a cookbook I'm excited about, there are probably three things in it that, like, I have to make this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll put the write those down somewhere and make sure they get slotted in within a couple weeks. You know Tamar Adler's book, uh, An Everlasting Meal? Yes. Everlasting Feast. Ever- yeah. Everlasting Feast. She has a whole chapter in it, I think, called How to Stride Ahead. <laughs> and what she – so she um, uses this phrase, stride ahead, to refer to the idea that when you get vegetable when, – when you go to the grocery store – after you've gone to the grocery store, rather. <laughs> Don't do this at the grocery store. <laughs> you, you will be arrested. You come home and you prep all your vegetables. And that doesn't just mean like washing your lettuce and getting it all ready to be put into salads. It means basically if you're going to be cooking something with beets in it later in the week, mm-hmm. you go ahead and roast those beets. Or if you're going to be making a lentil salad with roasted carrots, you go ahead and roast those carrots so that you're that much further ahead on Thursday when it's time for a lentil salad with roasted carrots. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's exactly the sort of thing that I would say, yeah, I should be doing things that way and like then beat myself up for not doing it. I'm never going to do that. There's just I, no chance. I've gotten I've gotten quite good. Uh, uh, I've gotten quite disciplined about doing it with lettuce. Okay. Because if I don't, if, if I don't like break down my lettuce right away and wash it, I, I will let it rot. So here's my thing. I really feel like the texture and flavor of roasted vegetables and boiled vegetables, for that matter, is best right when they're cooked. Yeah. So, so I, like, I, like, for instance, if I have um, like I, I really like plain old steamed broccoli sometimes with I, yeah, salt. I, do too. Like, I really like that. But if I have leftover steamed broccoli and I put it in the fridge, yeah. I will not eat no, it. No, me I neither. I won't eat it. So I, for as much as I understand, and I, I and I totally sympathize with all of us people who are struggling to get dinner on the table every single night, despite how you know, in spite of how much work we might have to do, I still would just rather come home and like throw that beet in the oven and have it freshly roasted. Yeah, for me, like I kind of want the whole process, including the shopping, to be. To, to happen like within a finite span of time. Preferably, it's because when it when it happens in an infinite span of time, <laughs> that can be very inconvenient. Um, <laughs> I love grocery shopping. Uh, I do it every day. Uh-huh. Um, and like you know, it's not that I literally like get all the ingredients for the meal that I'm going to make that European night. Of you. But like you know, when I can, when I can like go to the store and know that like okay, I'm going to get these things on the list and you know combine them with these things that I know are in the fridge, and that's going to be a good dinner tonight. So wait, that so, feels very satisfying. So even though you sit down every Sunday uh-huh. and plan out your meals for the week. You like if you're having broccoli on Friday night, you won't just buy it when you go to the store on Sunday or Monday. You'll you'll Probably wait. Not. That's interesting. It to depends. Me. Like if there's something, if there's like a meat on sale that I'm after, yeah, then I will get that while it's on sale. When? But, do, at what point do you make the grocery list? Do you make it each day, or do you yeah. make it when you do the meal plan? I will usually like I will do the grocery list for the next day when I do the meal plan. But other than that, there's there's always a grocery list going. I I feel like um. I mean, you live in uh, a much more dense and like urban part of Seattle than I do. Like yes. you can you can walk to a grocery store. I can walk to three grocery stores within five minutes. That's amazing. That is totally not where I live. I I love this like idea of uh, well, particularly you know like 
in other cities, especially in European cities, and, and probably in, in lot, plenty of other cities in Asia and elsewhere where people are living in like urban environments and and there are specialized food producers like cheesemakers or your spice vendor or whatever, yeah. like you you can hit up all these stores like on the way home from your your like bus stop or whatever. Yeah. Since I'm usually a buying whole, a whole string of mongers. A whole string of mongers. Mm-hmm. I love a good market. The cheese monger, the iron monger. Are there any other kinds of mongers or is it just those two? The love mongers. Fish monger. Fish, Fish monger. monger, of course. I love that idea, but I just feel like uh, for for me, since I usually have to buy all my stuff like at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I try to only hit up the grocery store a couple times a week. Yeah, like I, if I haven't gone to the store during the day, I feel like, what did I do with my day? I, it's, my, such, I, it's such a like integral part of my day. I like going to the grocery store sometimes, but not that. I mean, I, will, I don't. I'm not. I'm not being like normative about. No, this. no, like, I totally get it. Like you truly get off on it. I I totally get off on it. I've been banned <laughs> from all three stores. <laughs> Partially for that and partially because I was trying to prep the ingredients in the produce department. <laughs> no, but what I They're like, say- sir, we sell <laughs> chopped carrots right over and here. And you're you- like, but I am striding ahead here. <laughs> right. You cannot bring a chef's knife into the grocery store. <laughs> um, my dad loved grocery shopping. And I have very fond memories of him after dinner going out to the grocery store to get uh, to get ice cream for us to have for dessert mm-hmm. or to like pick up some tampons for my mom yeah. or like stuff for the next night. Like he loved it. He would go at like 10 o'clock at night. It yeah. was like it was his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like grocery shopping, but I do especially. Yeah. Especially having like two people living with me who I think could not would not be as happy with like a big old salad and bread and cheese for dinner. Yeah. Now that I'm like, you know, doing more cooking cooking, I I definitely try to buy like a couple recipes worth of ingredients at a time. Yeah, and I I don't mean I will never do that, but not very often. Yeah. That like, makes sense. Sometimes often if I go down to Awajimaya, the uh, Japanese supermarket, I will I will get stuff for two meals often. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, maybe like uh, some some ground pork for like a stir fried ground pork and rice dish, and also like a box of Japanese curry mix for a future meal. Do you and um, a few different vegetables? So Matthew, yeah. what if you have planned like uh, do do you ever change your meal plan based on the weather? I mean, I'm sure it changes seasonally mm, a little bit. Maybe? Seasonally, yes, but, very much so. Like the weather on a given day, probably not. Except so you don't consult the weather on Sunday when you're making your meal plan? No, I guess not. I, I mean, the oh, the exception to that is like if it's suddenly like just disgustingly hot and as as longtime listeners know, like it's always 20 degrees hotter inside mm-hmm. my greenhouse of an apartment mm-hmm. than outside. Um, and I just, and I was going to like roast something. I was just like, you know, fuck that. Have you always done it this way? <sighs> I mean, always is a strong word. Have you, have you done the, this primarily for a while? Yeah, for a while. Huh. I feel really inspired. I really? Don't, this show doesn't usually inspire me. <laughs> yeah, usually this show is just has, like... A big downer. I mean, sometimes you probably get inspired to be like as as a better person. unlike me as possible. No, no? Matthew. Okay. 
Anyway, um, no, I I feel fired <laughs> up to like go plan plan some meals. Yeah, I'm curious now to if like looking back at my meals, like how like over the course of like you know two months, like how many actual different things do I make? Like I don't know if if like it's like thirty and like each one repeats twice, or if it's less than that. How or often, more than that? Hold on. I know I'm like asking a lot of questions about this, but I'm sort of fascinated. Like uh, I said, I'm in the hot seat. How often do you look at like a meal that you've planned for a night this week and just scrap it and go like, no, I'm making like grilled cheese and we're having like canned tomato soup or how often? Hmm. Because I think part of the reason sometimes part of the reason that I, I, I have never committed myself to planning meals ahead of time is that there is something, even though I'm sort of flying by the seat of my pants a lot, there's something really freeing about uh, getting to decide usually on the day of what I'm going to make or, or just a couple days ahead of time, but, but I'm not committing like five or seven days ahead of time. Yeah. I, I definitely, I have, I reserve the right to uh, to make a uh, last minute change, and that's not going to upset anyone. Uh, well, I mean, it might if like if like Iris was expecting one of her favorites, and mm-hmm. uh, and she comes home and like, actually, I'm going to make that tomorrow. That can be annoying, but uh, you know, I mean, no, it's because it's more. Even if it's going to be more work, like mm-hmm. it's more reassuring to like know like I have the plan and I'm going to execute the plan rather than like scrapping the plan makes me feel like I don't know what's going to happen today. Basically what you're saying is this is an anxiety management tool. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. cool. Wow. Um, this was really, this learned- was really interesting. Yeah, I think I- this was our least funny episode, but it was like informative. But it was yeah, we learned a lot about ourselves. I didn't, I don't think I knew all this stuff about myself. Like, are there are there things I didn't ask you about your meal planning practice that I should have because we talked so much about me? Well, I think basically what was revealed is that I, I I don't meal plan. But it sounds like what you're doing is working for you. It so. is. It's always worked for me. I do think I could do better about um, like using the things that I have. I think everybody could do better yeah. and probably feels guilty about that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, or you know, there's always that that situation where you're like. Oh, I just found X in the freezer and now I'm going to use it and therefore I'm going to buy eight more ingredients oh, in order sure. to use yeah. it. Yes, there's always that. But um Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely have have that feeling sometimes like like when I realize I'm at the store and I've hit that threshold where like, wait a minute, like I I thought I was being efficient by using this one thing and like my shopping list just hit eleven other things to go with it. Yeah, I am going to tomorrow night I'm making a Melissa Clark recipe that I found on the New York Times. I I, I get um the New York Times cooking section emails each week, like uh-huh. what to cook this week or oh, whatever. Yeah. They linked to a Melissa Clark recipe that What's the is, penalty if you get that and you don't cook the thing this week that they say you have to cook this week? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I would never dare cross okay, them. Okay, yeah. Uh, the recipe Melissa I'm talking Clark about making... Melissa Clark doles out frontier justice. <laughs> Vigilante justice. Yes. Uh, it's, um, it's chicken curry with sweet potatoes and coconut. That sounds great. 
And um, it starts with a whole chicken that you break down yourself. And I happen to have a whole organic chicken that I bought the last time I was at at Costco. Mm -hmm. And I've had it in my freezer. And I had two sweet potatoes, which is exactly the number that I need. Uh I have a can of coconut milk. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So anyway, so hold on. I'm in that situation (laughs) again, Matthew, where I had some of the principal ingredients to make this recipe. Therefore, I'm going to go out and buy six more ingredients that I did not have. But in order to make it. That seems like too perfect to be a coincidence. Do you think Melissa Clark is like looking through your, do you have one of those Alexa things? I've, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Either, but, but if I did, I assume Melissa Clark's eye would be looking through it. I'm pretty sure that. Um, Why I, are we picking on Melissa Clark all of a sudden? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, by the way. Oh my gosh. Um, hey, at some point, can we do a pressure cooker show? Yeah, for sure. Because I just got an instant pot for my oh. birthday. And then I checked out from the library, Melissa Clark. Um, cookbook of electric pricker, pressure cook- <laughs> electric pressure cooker recipes. It's called Dinner in an Instant, and I'm about to make a big list and stick it on my fridge of things I want to make from that. If uh, I it's a I pricker now cooker, it's pricker cooker. Um, it's called Dinner in an Instant. I now imagine like um, uh, interviewing You're love it in an instant. <laughs> that yes, Carnation Instant Breakfast, but also that um, people must be calling the book Dinner in an Instant Pot like five times a day and yes. driving her insane. Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, um, um, yeah, I I don't have an instant pot, and I think if I got one, I would be the last person to get one. I thought I was the last person to nope, get one. It's me. Yeah, it's you. Anyway, I mean, it seems it, it seems cool. It does seem cool. I, I have to say that um, I'm really interested in what it can do for uh, for like meats and things. Yeah, things that you want to be like things that would benefit from moist cooking, and that you want to be unctuous. Um, well, it's definitely time to uh, finish off the show because um, you just said moist and unctuous <laughs> and everyone turned it off anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, you can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com where I, we will post a screenshot of some month of my recent month of my meals. Maybe we'll, we'll take a vote. Keep Would an you, eye out. In July, see if, September. See if you can figure out Matthew's code system for what day he got his period. No, I, I turn, I'm going to turn off all the calendars other than the dinner calendar. Oh, Okay, Darn. maybe I won't. Maybe, maybe like I don't know. I don't even want to talk about incriminating things involving a calendar that brings up some recent uh, uh, oh. political events that are too okay, depressing never to mind. think never about. Never mind. Okay. So uh, that's at spilledmilkpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash spilledmilkpodcast, um, where we would like to hear about what is your uh, meal planning regime. I think there are a lot of different ways to do it, and uh, you know we barely scratched the surface. There are a lot of different ways. There are a lot of different it. ways to do it, and I have codes for all of them on my calendar. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Come here. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 